We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Candlestick Chronicles podcast, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I'll be joined shortly by Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. We've got a lot of free agency stuff coming up with the new league year set to open March 17th. We're recording this Thursday, March 11th. The legal negotiating window for teams opens on March 15th. So we're going to dive into some free agency stuff. The salary cap number has been set. We'll discuss what that means for the 49ers. Trent Williams made some waves on a pro football focused podcast. We will hear from Trent Williams and we will talk about that. And then we've got some a Deshaun Watson update. The Deshaun Watson watch update with Texans head coach David Culley doing a little bit of talking, and then we'll talk about free agency and why spending big might not actually be a good move. Blue Liar. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. All right, Chris, we have a lot of stuff to cover. It's March 11th. We have six days until free agency starts. We have four days until the new league year opens. It's funny because I feel like the free agency portion, like the offseason after the Super Bowl, like, you know, you get maybe a trade agreement here, a trade agreement there, but it's kind of, you know, it's pretty slow for the most part. And then... And then free agency hits, and it's just this flurry, and then it kind of slows down to the draft, and then the draft is crazy, and then everything just, the world stops until, until like, June. 
Yeah, it, it's it's especially weird this off season because you normally have the combine during that time, and that's sort yeah. of like the free agency primer too, as much as as it is the draft primer because you can get in all your free agency questions to people um, like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan who are not speaking with reporters before the new league year starts. So any clarity um, from them isn't going to come for, I guess, at least a week. But, um, yeah, it, it's weird because it's such a unique offseason in that you have the pandemic causing the salary cap to, to, to depress. You have a lot of roster cuts around the league for, for teams trying to get underneath the salary cap by March 17. So you have all these unique things going on. And because of the pandemic still, there's less access than there normally would be because there wasn't the combine. So there isn't quite the same level of the information flow that I think we're, we'd all be used to. So it's a really, it's setting up for a really interesting um, next few weeks. And I think ultimately like there's going to be a lot of big signings, I think as soon as um, you know, the, the legal, tampering period kicks off on Monday, um, or I guess not signings, but agreements to contracts, which can't be right. can't be formally signed until um, until Wednesday when the new league year begins. But other than that, like I think free agency is kind of going to stretch out this year, maybe more than others, because there are going to be so many more guys on the open market because of teams trying to save money. And I think it sets up for the 49ers pretty well in that or it sets up for the smart teams, I should say, because I think there are going to be a lot of bargains to be had in free agency. And we'll talk a little bit about the philosophy that the 49ers should probably take when approaching free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's some, there's been some um, data put out there recently that points to, you know, spending big money in free agency isn't always a worthwhile idea. Um, right. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated to see how it all shakes out because you know the 49ers still have like 40 some odd free agents. They still have some roster moves they can they can make to free up a little bit more space. And then there's always sort of the the looming Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you got me saying it now, gotcha, Deshaun dude. Watson, not Watson <laughs> situation uh, to keep an eye on here. So we have a little bit more clarity on what the 49ers are going to be doing free agent wise. So we talked a couple episodes ago about how a lot of this revolves around Trent Williams, because if Trent Williams signs, that is a, could be a big portion of their available salary cap, which obviously limits their ability to make other moves and other big signings. But if they don't re-sign Trent Williams, now that opens Pandora's box and they can go a million different directions in free agency. And then after that, the draft. So, one piece of clarity, we obviously don't know about Trent Williams yet, although he, he hinted strongly at a return, and we'll, we'll hear about that in a second, but one piece of clarity we got came down this week. The NFL announced the salary cap number for 2021 will be $182.5 million. That's $7.5 million higher than the $175 million floor that was agreed to prior to last season in negotiations with the owners and the NFL Players Association, so... That's a little bit of good news. They had reset the floor. I think in February they reset the floor at 180 million. So this came in just above that floor. It was 198 million dollars last year, which is like Chris just described, which is why you're going to see a lot more cuts than we might normally see. It's why the Chiefs cut both of their starting offensive tackles. Um, an interesting note is 
as we look ahead to how the 49ers are going to structure contracts, which is something Chris and I are both very much looking forward to. Um, Charles Robinson at Yahoo Sports indicated that the cap could reach as high as $250 million over the next five years, which means there's it would put it back on track to where it was pre-pandemic. And it means there's going to be a significant spike here at some point. And so that'll be something to watch as well in the coming years and, and in how the Niners structure these deals, right? Um, they could be front load or I'm sorry, backloading a lot of these contracts where the cap numbers early on are relatively low and then they increase as the salary cap hopefully increases. So the Niners have $24.9 million in space. So keep that in mind. And there's ways they can create space. You know, if Weston Richburg is either released or if he retires, they can save. How much did you say they could save, Chris? About four and a half million. So that I mean, that's that's where they can they can restructure deals, and there's ways that they can move money around to free up a little bit more space. Um, Trent Williams, though, because you you can't talk 49ers free agency without starting at Trent Williams. He said something very interesting on the Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman, a friend of the podcast, George Shahori was also in on that conversation. Trent Williams joined that pod and said this after Richard Sherman. Well, Richard Sherman predicted that Trent Williams would go back to San Francisco. Here's that exchange. In his offense, you want to flex, and uh, that's that's where we're that's where we're predicting you're going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got San Francisco. I got him staying in San Francisco. You know, for for the faithful. Um, I think I think he stays in San Francisco. I think he. He, he, he makes you guys happy for another five, six years, you know, and gets his gold jacket and and then decides whether he wants it in, in, in Washington or, or San Francisco. That's going to be <laughs> that's not, that's not a bad take, fellas. Uh, it's not a bad take. I, I you know, I, 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 y'all, y'all barking up the right tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed like, that, what do you think? Yeah, it, it seemed like, you know, Knowing how some of these guys talk and and how they're sheepish about um, some things, it, it makes me seem like that Trent Williams is pretty confident that he's going to come back um, to to the 49ers, which I think makes a lot of sense. Obviously, given that you know that he he's been able to negotiate a deal with the 49ers this whole time, right? But he's maintained and he said it during the season and at the end of the season that he wants to see. Uh, what his value is on the open market. So that's probably the reason why he hasn't agreed to a deal just yet, because he does want to see if anybody's going to gonna trump the 49ers offer in terms of not only money, but what, what they offer in terms of destination and coaching staff and, and you know, viability as, as a contender and all that stuff. Um, so I, I, I think that Trent Williams has, a, has an idea that, that he's going to come back. He knows what the 49ers are offering and um, and I think it's that's enough for him. So we'll we'll have to see. Obviously, like we've said over and over, like Trent Williams is clearly the biggest domino. And I, and there's been, you know, that I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Like, is it worth it to pay Trent Williams, you know, twenty million dollars a year? And that's that's probably a, a good discussion we can have right now if you want. Like, because. I, I can see both sides of it. Like I personally, I think the 49ers should pay Trent Williams. I think it's worth it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can go about replacing your left tackle and finding a reasonable option at a much lower price. 
But if your goal in 2021 is to win a Super Bowl, then you just need to have as many dudes on your roster as possible, right? And, like, it's going to be really hard if the 49ers don't have a really good offensive line because whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody else, they need the offensive line to be better. And I don't know how the 49ers could justify, you know, not bringing back Trent Williams when when the the mandate is to improve the offensive line. There's you're not going to improve it at, at the left tackle spot, right? So, um, I, but you look at the long term picture, and I guess it sort of depends on how much the cap goes up over these next few years when these new TV deals come in, because eventually you're going to have to pay Nick Bosa, and it's probably mm-hmm. going to cost you know a, a similar amount as what they're going to give Trent Williams per year, right? Um, you have to pay Fred Warner. You have, did I say Fred Warner, Nick Bosa? I meant Nick Bosa, the first the first guy I mentioned. So Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, are you going to pay Debo Samuel at some point? Are you going to pay Brandon Ayuk at some point? These are all questions down the line, but if you're paying Trent Williams $20 million a year now, then that's going to factor into how much space you have down the road. So I think the 49ers should pay Trent Williams. I think it's the right decision because I think they'd have a hell of a time replacing him. And ultimately... If you're contending and you, you're trying to make it through the NFC, and especially in the NFC West now, um, with all the pass rushers that are in the division, like you, you want to have Trent Williams. And, uh, and I think it's a perfect fit, and I think ultimately the 49ers are going to pay Trent Williams, and then maybe Kyle Juszczyk, maybe, and, and then not really anybody else. <laughs> the 49ers didn't trade for Trent Williams to not re-sign him. It wasn't... It wasn't yeah unclear what his contract situation was they they knew what it was and I believe they made that deal knowing very well that they were going to have to pay him 20 plus million dollars a year so I yeah, think he's, I think he's going to come back but the argument against it is you look at this draft class and if you are confident that Rashawn Slater is going to get to you at 12 or that you can trade up a couple spots to get him or you think uh, Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech is is going to be a really good player, and you think that he's going to fall to twelve, and you can you can get him there, and you can replace Trent Williams with a cost controlled option, and then improve the roster in other ways. The overall benefit of paying three, four really good players over paying that one star player twenty million, if you spread that salary out across three or four really good players, that ultimately benefits the roster more. That's the, that's the argument against paying a star player at a premium position like, like you would with Trent Williams. Yeah, totally. And and you look at, you know, smart teams throughout the league, Well, and we're going to make the case, you know, in a little bit here, that generally smart teams don't pay a ton in free agency, but there are mm-hmm. smart teams in the league paying a lot of money to right or to left tackles. Yeah. Right. David Bakhtiari is making uh, o- over. I think it's upwards of twenty million a year in Green Bay. Ronnie Stanley is making a, a ton of money um, in Baltimore. So you know those are smart teams who have who are contending, um, and and they're still able to pay uh, premium money for for those guys. And so even if you know depending on who the quarterback is. Or, I mean, regardless of who the quarterback is, like, if you're concerned about Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history, then yeah, the smart move is pay Trent Williams to protect him. If you're trying to create a scenario where you want to be enticing to Deshaun Watson, then yeah, mm-hmm. you want to have left, you want to have arguably the best left tackle in the league right. protecting his blind side. So right. I understand the idea because it is a lot of money, but I understand 
um, the idea that, hey, maybe that's a lot of money. He's a 33-year-old guy. Um, you know, maybe maybe it will come back to bite the 49ers in some way. And I could see that happening if he gets hurt or, the, you know, or durability issues or whatever. But I just think the 49ers are in a spot where they would have a tough time justifying letting him go. And I know, like, Bill Belichick would never give out that contract, right? And he never pays players, and he always finds sort of cheaper replacements and things like that. But I just don't mm-hmm. know that that the 49ers can do that. I don't know that they have the equity around the league to, like, bring somebody in to take a below-market rate and say, yeah, we're going to contend, you're probably going to win here. Like, Tom Brady is not on the 49ers. Guys aren't going to look and say... Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is there. I love Jimmy. We're going to win a Super Bowl. Like, let's do this. I'll take less money and hit the open market. Like, the 49ers mm-hmm. have an issue at left tackle, and they need to address it, and the best way to do it is with Trent Williams. So I'm expecting think, that to happen next week. I think going back to what you said at the beginning there, if teams were allowed to hand out, like, three max contracts, to use the NBA terminology, I think a lot of teams would be looking to find a left tackle that they could hand a max contract to. Yeah, totally. And if you have the arguably the best player at a position as important as left tackle, you resign that player. Right. And like I said, the Niners knew what they were getting into. Uh, I would be fascinated to see if Trent Williams does walk, what that would do to mock drafts. <laughs> because you <laughs> have to imagine going twelve. You have to imagine that that would shake up some. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I really like the idea of Rashawn <laughs> Slater at 12, even if they do bring back Trent Williams. Yeah, I, I, we can get into that later, but I, I see the thinking for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that I, my prediction is that Trent Williams will come back. And I think based on what he said, if he wasn't, if like talks between his, agent and the 49ers were super icy and they were trying to lowball him, he would have said something much different than that. Yeah, totally. And totally. I don't think, like, tampering doesn't mean Sherman and Williams can't talk. I'm guessing they've talked. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. 
from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, that's they've spoken. That's from Dave. Right. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And how the 49ers might be trying to make themselves an enticing destination for him. The Texans' new head coach, David Culley, was on the Huddle and Flow podcast with Jim Trotter today. He also spoke with reporters. And it was interesting because the quotes coming out from his his chat with reporters was a lot of the same, I'm going to call it the company line coming out of Houston. Deshaun Watson's the quarterback. They have no plans to part ways with him. They don't have a contingency plan under center. Deshaun Watson's their guy. But Jim Trotter, after having Cully on the podcast, had a little bit of a different takeaway. And Chris, I do not have the tweet up. Hopefully you do. Yeah, he said, said, and this is Trotter's tweet. He said, based on the conversation, I firmly believe Deshaun Watson will be traded. Cully didn't explicitly say that, but when using terms like on the roster quote right now, end quote, we want guys who are all in end quote, um, the writing's on the wall. And that's according to Jim, Jim Trotter. And he's been doing this a long time. Yeah. Um, and he's very plugged in and well-respected uh, within the league and media circles and all that. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the interesting thing about this to me is that, you know, I, based on what I know about the Texans, I'm expecting them to screw this up. Mm. <laughs> and one way I think they could screw this up massively is wait until after the draft to decide that they're going to move on from Deshaun Watson or they're right. going to placate him and and, um, and trade him. And if they do that, that's a huge, huge benefit for the 49ers because the teams that have better trade packages to offer, like Miami and, and the Jets who have two first-round picks in this year's draft, they lose that advantage after the draft because now – you know, the the, Texan, the Texans won't be able to make those picks, right? Like, if if uh, Miami draft say they draft a quarterback third, or say Carolina drafts a quarterback where they pick an eight, or, um, you know, the Jets draft a quarterback second or whatever, then all of a sudden the 49ers are sitting there like, hey, now we can trade you all these first-round picks, and you're not going to get those multiple ones that you would have been able to get and make those picks if you decided to make that trade before the draft. Right. So ultimately, if Deshaun Watson's, if the Texans decide to trade Deshaun Watson before the draft, then I think the 49ers are going to have a really hard time um, making that deal happen just because those other teams have multiple first-round picks and pick higher than where the 49ers are at 12. Mm-hmm. But everything sort of levels out and becomes even after the draft because all those picks will have been made. Um, yeah, the, the the Dolphins offering, assuming the reports are right that it's the 49ers and Broncos and Dolphins and Jets, assuming that's right, the Dolphins saying, here's the number three pick that we got from you in the Laramie Tunsil trade. Here's the third pick and then whatever else you want. Like that's, the 49ers aren't beating that. Yeah, and to, uh, yeah. Right. They're just they're 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 not. I, I no matter what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan want to say, but to your point, like if they wait until after the draft, which would be a colossal mistake. Now, effectively, any team that's getting Deshaun Watson is 
is hoping to be picking late in the first round every year. Right. So I, I it would I wrote about this a while back at, at Niners Wire. It would be such a benefit for the 49ers if the Texans somehow fumble this and wait until after the draft to trade him. That would yeah. be a just a colossal organizational mistake. Yeah, totally. Because they can like say they took the number two pick from the Jets. They could they could basically take any quarterback they want aside from Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. Or, you know, even you can make a similar case with Miami at three, or you can get Tua back on top of their two first-round picks and whatever else. So, yeah, the, the the playing field levels for Deshaun Watson after the draft, and I'm not expecting the Texans to realize that. I mean, maybe they will. Um, but mm. so far, I mean, uh, everything that's that's been out there that's been public and reports and everything like that, the Texans aren't aren't even entertaining ideas or entertaining calls. Um, so I just have to think, and I don't, I'm not reporting this, but I just have to think that the 49ers are ready to make an offer for Deshaun Watson. Um, and it become, they become a far more likely destination in my opinion, like, like we're saying, if, if it happens after the draft is before the draft, then it's, you know, I mean, if it, the, the Texans would be insane to not look at the Jets, the Dolphins, and Carolina first before the 49ers. Yeah, well, and then, who knows, maybe Watson just says, I'm only going to one place. Right. And, I, <laughs> and you know, maybe that's the 49ers. I don't know. I happen to think the 49ers would be probably the most appealing situation for Watson because if, he, if Deshaun Watson came to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, the 49ers would be the betting the, favorites they, in the yes, NFC. Yes. And I, I th- probably by a decent margin. Yeah. The NFC yeah, is I, a the disaster. NFC, it's <laughs> wide open. Yeah. The NFC is wide open. Who like who are the juggernauts in the NFC right now? And what teams would have better quarterbacks? Right. I mean, I, you can the, make the, the case sh- like Aaron Rodgers potentially, but sure. I kind of think it's a wash. Yeah, at, the, at this point, yeah, it's a, it would be a wash with Deshaun Watson, 25-year-old Deshaun Watson versus Aaron Rodgers in his mid to late 30s. And then, you know, Tom Brady. Like, it are is. the Bucks going to go back-to-back? I, I don't think so. I think the NFC is wide open. The Saints fell off. Uh, you know, are the Packers going to go to the NFC title game for a third season in a row? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I mean, I think, I'm not banking on it. I think the Packers might be in for a little bit of a uh, regression. And maybe another team makes a jump. Maybe the Rams make a jump. The Seahawks are a disaster. Yeah, right now they look like a disaster. For sure, but like, yeah, the NFC is wide open. So if if yeah. you're Deshaun Watson and it's after the draft and all these other teams made their picks, and you're like, I'm demanding a trade and I'm, I want to go to the best spot to win a Super Bowl, it's like, man, Kyle Shanahan, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, uh, Trent Williams comes back, Debo Samuel, like that's a that is a prime destination to go if you're Deshaun Watson. Depending on how you feel about coming from, you know, going to California. Um, after, you know, living in the South most of your life. Right. All right, last topic here. Jason from Over the Cap. That sounds like a last name. (laughs) Not his last name. It's not Jason from Over the Cap. It's Jason, the gentleman who runs the website, Over the Cap, 
posted a really interesting graphic that you that you sent over, Chris, and I'll let you kind of dive in. This is this is something that that you brought to my attention, but it's a graph that plots out a team's record from 2017 through 2020 and then the total annual contract value of the free agents they've signed and there's a really interesting trend on this chart. Yeah, so the chart is is basically uh four quadrants, right? And um on the y-axis you have the the record, the winning percentage for teams and on the x-axis you have how much they've spent in free agency and this is all from 2017 to 2012 which is perfect for the 49ers because that's when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch sort of took over. But so the teams in the lower right quadrant, the teams that are below 500 who have spent the most in free agency, um, the Jets, the Raiders, the Lions, the Jaguars, the Browns, the Panthers, the Dolphins, and the Giants. And the Cardinals are a little bit closer um, and the Broncos are, are in a similar boat. But the point being, these are the teams that have spent the most in free agency and they ha- they also have happened to be the worst teams in the league over that span. The only teams that have been above 500 uh, or or at 500 and that have had winning records over that span while spending over um, 120 million in free agency over that span is, has been Chicago and Buffalo, right? So the, the reason why I think this is interesting, like all the best teams. Like, the Steelers are way up in the top left because they haven't spent hardly anything in free agency, but they've won a lot. That means they draft well. Um, The Ravens are there, too. The Chiefs are there. The Saints are there. The Rams are there. The Seahawks, Eagles, um, you know, Vikings, Packers. Like, so the point being here is that there's going to be, and there always is, right? There's always, there are going to be big name free agents who go... Uh, who get signed with teams, and then you see the fans on Twitter come in and say, man, the Niners aren't doing anything, or Team X isn't doing anything. They're just sitting on their right. hands or whatever. There's there's data that says the biggest spenders in free agency happen to be the worst teams. And mm-hmm. we're seeing that sort of, like, I'll never forget, like, Tremaine Johnson, right? The cornerback, he was a former Rams player. I think he was a free agent in 2016. Um, you know, he was, like, the prize cornerback of that free agency class and like fans wanted them. I wrote a lot about him when I was running Niners wire because the 49ers obviously had a need at cornerback. He signed for a ton of money with the jets and, and was just a flat out disaster, right? Just not a good player, super expensive, killed their salary cap. And that to me is just like Olivier Vernon's another one um, with the Brown or the, the giants, I think signed him and then they traded him to the Browns because he was making so much money, not being all that productive. Mm -hmm. And, and I just think, like, you you really need to be careful about spending in free agency. And I think what the smartest teams ultimately are going to do is, you know, fill needs in free agency with smaller contracts, like four or five, six, seven million dollar contracts. And then and then end up, you know, drafting the best player available in the draft. And I know we're talking about Trent Williams and the 49ers <laughs> should sign Trent Williams. But that's retaining their own guy. That's not really going out and getting somebody on the open market, even though they're going to have to pay market rate for him. Right. But still, like, you can just go through the Jets and the Raiders and the Lions and the Jags and the Browns and all the signings that they've made. And, you know, they've won April or or March, I guess, in this case. Like, they've won March. They've won the free agent spending frenzy. And it doesn't turn out 
it doesn't translate to wins, um, you know, come the fall. And so I think that's just an important thing to remember when, because I'm not expecting the 49ers to spend, even though they have the 10th most cap space in the league right now. Um, I'm expecting them to spend on Trent Williams, or at least try to spend on Trent Williams. And then that's kind of it. Like, maybe they bring back Kyle Juszczyk, but even still, that's not going to be a contract worth much more than, you know, five, six million dollars a year. Um, so, you know, I, I think the what the best teams are going to do is let all of the bad teams scoop up the expensive free agents and then just sort of fill holes here and there with with guys that are that are going under the radar and may, maybe guys who are getting released right now. Right. There are there are more cap casualties this year that might allow you to get guys on the cheap, particularly with the salary cap going up so much next year. Guys might be willing to take short-term deals to, to compete for a season with San Francisco and then hit the market again next year. And that could allow the 49ers to to get some good – like maybe A.J. Boye, the cornerback, maybe they can get him for cheap. And in, in, in another year, he would make something at the top of the market, you know, $12, $13, 14000000 million. But because of the situation, because there's such a flood of free agents, it's really a buyer's market – you might be able to get him for five, six million dollars, and that's just an example. Like, you know, there there are a bunch of guards available. Um, there are a bunch of corners. Like, I think the smart teams can find value in free agency this year, and um, I just think it's it's worth pointing out that it's the it's the dumber teams that are giving out a lot of the uh, the big money contracts when the new league year starts. Because good players worth a lot of money don't typically get to free agency. Right. That's exactly. that's the whole thing. And I think this year more than ever, because you're going to see teams cutting players who are, who are still pretty good. Like the Chiefs just cutting Eric Fisher is pretty wild. Eric Fisher's a good player. Mitchell Schwartz is a good player. And they just cut both of them. I think you're going to see a ton of situations like that where – there are just more quality players on the market than usual and teams not having a ton of money to be able to pay them. The fact that the 49ers have less than $25 million in cap space and are top 10 in the league is insane. The Chiefs have a ton of key free agents already set to hit the market. They cut their two starting tackles and they're still like $2 million over the cap. There are going to be so many good players that are going to be undervalued in this market either because... Um, the market has been flooded with with talent or teams just can't afford to pay guys, That I think you're right. I think you're going to see, and I'm not the first person to say this, you're not the first person to say this, but there are going to be a lot of players looking for one-year deals yeah. where they they hope to cash out when the cap spikes again. Yeah, and if it were to go up, you know, if if the cap were to be at normal levels, it would be a lot of guys you, who would be making double what they're probably going to make this year. If you're uh, Johnny Smith is a, I'm a big Titans guy, so Johnny Smith <laughs> is a is a name that really jumps out to me. If you're Johnny Smith and you have a chance to sign for three years, and I, I don't even know what his value would be on the open market, but let's call it three and eighteen with, I don't know. Eight guaranteed with the Jets, or you can sign for one year for five million with the Niners and play in Kyle Shanahan's offense. That 
that's the kind of deal where he aims to take that instead of playing for a worse team that's going to give him a little more money. Yeah. And like you just laid out, the smart teams are going to be able to take advantage of that. And this year is going to be, I think, extremely unique. So I also wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of movement several days after free agency starts. Totally. Totally. Because guys like, you know, like Solomon Thomas, for example, he's coming off an ACL tear, but, like, what's the rush to sign Solomon Thomas? Like, Solomon Thomas might be might be available till like, June, right? Or, like, some point over the summer. Like, he might not sign with the team until he can, like, work out for somebody, and maybe that doesn't happen until, you know, August, right? And I know that's sort of a unique case because it's an injury, but, like, Trent Taylor's probably not going to sign next week. Mm-hmm. Right, like there, there are free agents like this all over the league, and and I'm not to, I'm not trying to say that like Trent Taylor and Solomon Thomas are going to be like key important free agent signings, but I'm just trying to make the point that like there are going to be guys that are signing contracts in April and May, like there are going to be some guys yeah. who don't land with teams until after the draft, um, and I think that's going to be a, a significant portion of the free agent class. So like, if the 49ers don't sign a ton of guys. Like just just don't be surprised if that happens, and if you can try not to overreact and get mad about it online because <laughs> because I I think the the plan is is if the 49ers are smart the best way to go about it would just be to see who slips through the cracks you know can Kerry Hyder come back um, for three or four million dollars as opposed to you know if he were to hit the market in a normal season he would make ten at least, or something yeah, like that, right? absolutely. It, That's a great example. Like, there's so many pass rushers now that somebody like Kerry Hyder might might just slide through the cracks. And you, if you're just patient, you might be able to wait and get somebody like that. So if if I were to predict how this whole thing's going to go, I think it's going to be drawn out for a lot of guys. I think a lot of the top-tier guys are going to sign early, and I think there's just going to be a slow wave of free agents that get signed later, and the smart teams are, are going to wait and they're not going to blow all their cap space at once. And I think that's, that's what the 49ers should do. And if you know that 49ers typically aren't big spenders in free agency and that, and that's, that was true about right. Trent Baalke's administration. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see how this all goes. Um, but that's, that's what I'm thinking. I, th- I think the 49ers would prefer to, um, load up on draft picks rather than pay the market rate for, for a lot of guys. And if, and if they can get guys for discounts because this is such a buyer's market this spring, then that's going to be the best way to do it. Um, and, you know, there are guys like good players. Like, um, you know, the Lions The Lions have released two cornerbacks. And Corey Unlin is, is the 49ers' new secondary coach. What? And, like, maybe those, guys, maybe those guys are cheaper. Like, Justin Coleman is a really good slot corner, mm-hmm. right? And, and he got cut today. That would be like if the 49ers had signed Kwan Williams at some point to a big money deal in the last two years, and then just decided we got to get we got to get off that contract. Well, that's that's the type of of situation that Coleman's in, and maybe he looks at the 49ers if they don't bring back Kwan, and and say and says yeah, I want to go play for Corey Unlin again, and and then the 49ers are able to get comparable production from that spot without breaking the bank like they would in a normal offseason. So, and I and hey. I think that I think in that specific case, I think familiarity is going to matter a lot for guys too. 
Yeah. Where, you know, if you're Alex Mack, for example, yep, you have a lot of familiarity with, with Kyle Shanahan. He played in his offense at two separate stops. And if you're going to have a fully uh, uh, virtual offseason again, maybe you want to go play in a place where you know the coaches, you know the, the scheme, or you know – you know, just kind of the general way of things, and yep. that's that's going to be something I'm watching out for as well. When when teams are signing, so a lot of good players available, um, and I think we're going to see even more so as as free agency gets closer. And I think you're going to see a lot of teams not able to resign guys as free agency opens on the 15th. It's going to be fascinating and. I, I less than what happens right away. I'm interested to see what what happens once all the dust has sort of settled by by the middle of training camp when when yeah. teams have mostly signed who they're going to sign. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be crazy. We'll we'll record our next pod um, early next week. There will probably be some significant news that we can break down. Do we wanna do we wanna go Monday and yeah. Wednesday night? Uh yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Wednesday is the first day of free agency officially. Yeah, Wednesday is the first day of free agency. I'm down. One I'm o'clock down. PM can... Pacific time. Let's let's do Monday We're for sure. And... The game, FM in the Bay Area. What? Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's do Monday for sure and put Wednesday in pencil. Great. Well we um... will update you on further pods Monday. <laughs> Because there's a chance that the big stuff for the 49ers, you know, we'll have more to talk about maybe yeah. on Thursday or Friday. Right. If Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch stop ducking the media. Unbelievable. <laughs> it is notable. Like, I tweeted about it, and some people were like, oh, who cares? You're just going to ask about Jimmy. It's like, I actually want to know about D Ford. I want to hear what the plan is yeah. with D Ford. Yeah. And I want to hear what the plan is for Trent Williams. Yeah. And, like, we, I want to hear know what, what they're going to say about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, we know what they're going to say about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So, like, I'm not worried about that. It's just, it's our job to, to like, ask questions. And, and that, the the asking of questions generates a lot of what we do. So, like, if you're going to, if you're going to respond to a tweet about us saying, you know, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan aren't talking, um, that's why it's notable for us. It's not because, oh, we want to hear what you're going to say about Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, no, we know what they're going to say. But there are other yeah. issues there's a lot of stuff we need clarity on, um, and so it's important to, to hear from those guys. But they the decide not topic, to, which is fine. The hot fun. topic on, on Twitter is not all that are you this. No, they they care very little about what happens on Twitter. At least you'd hope. You'd hope. Um, <laughs> let's locker room on Monday as well. Yeah, we'll get we'll get uh, if so if you if you're unfamiliar. Locker Room is an app where we are talking live and there is a live chat and you can request to speak. It's basically like a like a radio show with callers and a and a text line and whatnot. We had a great time with it despite some technical difficulties. If you have not downloaded the Locker Room app, do so on your phone. Uh, really really cool thing that 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 we're doing and um it allows us to because right now, you know, we put out a pod and then we interact with some people on Twitter about it. This allows us to interact live. We can take questions. We can we can hear your thoughts on things. And that's, uh, it, it was, I, I like I said, when it was working, I had a ton of fun. So, yeah. 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 And I'll be, do that. I'll be better at, 
at maintaining thoughts while also scrolling through the chat and making sure <laughs> we're answering questions and stuff like that. It's right. definitely a unique thing. But, uh, yeah, locker room's really cool. We're going to try to incorporate that more. There's talk. Um, there's early discussion about about Kyle doing something interesting with that after games during the season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, make sure you, you rock with us. Join the 49ers group. There's an official 49ers group. In the locker room app, um, I know Rob Lauder, Striking Gold, um, Eric Crocker, those guys do. Those guys are in there a lot too, um, so you can chat with them, and, and they have a, a very, I mean, a unique perspective that's different than ours. Crocker is a yeah. former player and somebody who's, who I think is really good at sort of breaking down draft prospects and free agents and things like that. Um, and Rob's our guy going back for forever, back when I was. Yeah. Back when I was running Niners Wire early on. Niners so, Wire um, OG. Rob. Yeah, shout out to Robin and Croc. So yeah, locker room, download it, check us out. Gone. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next week. See ya.